Hello, Canada and baseball fans in the United States and Newfoundland. Welcome to the first episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips, the baseball podcast that comes to you from the land of universal healthcare and excessive apologies, Canada. So I'm Patrick Marsh. I'm Justin Anderson. I am Clayton Croker. Uh, this week, we are starting off with a pretty simple topic. Uh, the question is, is it time for the Toronto Blue Jays to call it a season and blow it up? Meaning, is it time to trade everybody, fire everybody else, and bring up all of our prospects to get some experience? Uh, before we get into the main topic, let's just um, introduce ourselves a, a little bit, I guess. Hey, I'm Justin, living in Saskatoon. Uh, big baseball guy, I've been an umpire for 13 years. Huge Jays fan, uh, favorite player is old Doc Halliday. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, f- favorite current guy, definitely old A.A. Ron Sanchez. Hopefully he can get his stuff together because he's a hell of a pitcher. Um, outside of that, personal life, uh, dabble in a bit of very, very amateur guitar playing. Um, Keyword very. Very, very amateur. <laughs> um, pretty big into the Xbox, uh, Rocket League, definitely the go-to game right now. Uh, outside of that, I'm just a huge movie and music buff and work at the radio station here with Clayton. And I'm a salesperson, so I'm not as cool as the on-air guy over here. But He's the dark side. That's we, what we like to call are him. the money makers. I'm the reason that Clayton gets paid, so I have that on him. If you worked a little harder, I'd get paid a little bit more. <laughs> so I appreciate it if you could just do that. I'm Clayton Croker. I've been a uh, on-air radio host for eight years. Uh, my first job was working the midnight to 6 a.m. shift on a AM country radio station in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. So very high listenership. Very high listeners. I think I had four <laughs> listeners my first shift or something like that. But I'm um, the morning show host at 96.3 Cruise FM here in Saskatoon. Uh, favorite baseball team, obviously the Jays. Go Jays, go. Second favorite team, the Buffalo Bisons. Um, third favorite team, New Hampshire Fisher Cats. Big Jays <laughs> fan. Uh, favorite baseball player of all time, it's got to be Robbie Alomar. Uh, least favorite baseball player of all time, Brett Laurie, a.k.a. Cement Head. Oh. Could not stand <laughs> Brett Laurie, but that's that's a tale for another day. Uh, favorite player right now? Ugh, I still got to say Josh. I'm still just a huge Josh Donaldson hey, guy. JD guy, hey? I really hope he doesn't get traded. We'll talk about that a bit more. Caps. But, uh, yeah, I played baseball my whole life. Played midget AAA here in Saskatoon. And, uh, yeah, baseball's kind of in my blood. So, mm-hmm. uh, Well, I'm Patrick Marsh. I am in Halifax, Nova Scotia, uh, so I'm not uh, – living it up in the bustling <laughs> metropolis of Saskatoon. That it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Instead, I'm hanging out on the East Coast. Uh, favorite team are the Toronto Blue Jays. What a surprise. <laughs> and uh, favorite player of all time is kind of a hard question because I have a lot of favorite players who weren't Toronto Blue Jays. Like, I loved watching Greg you. Maddox and Tom Glavin growing up. Who didn't? Uh, well, yeah. Really, though, we can probably spend... 10 episodes just talking about that Atlanta Mm -hmm. pitching staff from the 90s. But uh, I digress. Favorite Jay was probably Roy Halladay. R.I.P. Yeah, I do. I did like Carlos Delgado way back in the day watching him. That guy, four home runs in a game. He was the guy. My dude. Watching him crush homers was (laughs) sweet. Yep. I, I do miss him. Least favorite player of all time. Oh, I don't know. Josh Towers. Probably. <laughs> no, I'm oh, trying to man. think of what player let us down the most. Josh Towers. Josh Towers. <laughs> uh, no, Maybe wait. Like, let me go really back. Re- Ricky Romero. Oh, yeah. 
Romero, that's yeah, that's a pretty epic disappointment. Right. Changed I'll stick for with... days though. Oh yeah, that's that only gets you so far. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Ricky Romero. That was, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of residual disappointment there. Yeah, there was like are a, we still paying that guy? Was... We must be. Yeah, we are. Oh my goodness. <laughs> there's a few years where uh, it seems like every pitching prospect we had came in was super hot and then just turned into an epic fail. Kyle Drabeck. We can so go on here. and on and on. Kyle here. who? Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Didn't we get him for Roy Holiday? Oh. Scene? God, hey, Gus, is, isn't he from uh, Colombia or Venezuela? One of the two? Somewhere down there? Somewhere. Colombian drug yeah. lord. <laughs> yeah, that He's guy was somewhere. awesome. Big lefty. He had the cool cool glasses. I mm-hmm. always wanted those when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, MVP baseball 2005. He was starting in AAA. I'd always bring him up. I remember that. Always. Yeah, and he didn't yeah. have a picture either. He was one of the he guys who just those, had a like, blank face. Blockheads. Yeah. yeah. I hated that. It was great. Uh, all right, let's get into the draft. <laughs> Justin, go. Okay, so as you may know, uh, the draft started yesterday. It's the annual June prospect draft. Fun times. So the Jays had the 12th pick this year. Highest time, highest pick they've had since 2014. Took a short stop. A lot of people were kind of surprised with the pick. Uh, Jordan Groshans from Magnolia High School in Texas. So not only did they not take a pitcher, as is tradition with the Jays, they all took a shortstop from high school. Uh, the, the kid's got a great bat. They say he has one of the uh, a plus power number, which is one of the best in draft. Mm-hmm. He's a middle-of-the-order guy they project him to be. So I've seen comparisons offensively to Troy Tulowitzki with that kind of prowess. Uh, defensively, he's still developing. Obviously, he's 18 years old, so mm-hmm. he haven't figured out quite if he's going to stay at short. He's got a good arm, though. He's pitched in high school, as most shortstops do, it seems. So he has got good potential to at least stick at uh, second base, if not short. Uh, interesting pick, though, with, with the high school side of things. But all in all, I, they had him ranked around the 20s, so the Jays took him a little bit earlier than, than the scouts had him ranked. But I'm not a huge... A hater of the pick i think it's pretty good we we need we can always you never have too many shortstops yeah. in your system uh lick took logan warmoth last year and he's already lighting it up with the needin so we can't can't go wrong there um second pick we took 52nd overall was a uh, son of good old jeff conine griffin uh from marcus stroman's alma mater duke uh he's an oh, outfielder nice. uh he hits for average and power um and one of the top power hitters in the draft he's say he's got power to all fields so that's always a good sign with the prospect that he's not just pull happy. Um, projected as a right fielder, which you can never have too many of them when you're a Blue Jays team. You seem to struggle for corner outfielders every year. Yeah. Uh, next up was Adam Kloffenstein, who is Jordan Groshen's teammate at Magnolia High School in Texas. So they kind of went a little bit off the board with this guy. He was ranked, they took him 38th, or sorry, 88th, and he was ranked about 130th. Hmm. So it kind of went a little bit. I'm not sure if maybe they talked to Jordan and Jordan said, hey, you got to take my boy here. Yeah. But uh, he's got a low 90s heavy sinker, kind of like an Aaron Sanchez, but he, and he touches 96 on the four seam. There's a curve, a cutter, and a change. So he's got five pitches that he's throwing already in, as an 18-year-old. So bodes well if he can at least harness those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last guy I'll touch on was uh, Sean Weimer, uh, another right-handed pitcher from PCU. It's a university in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh Another guy with a sinker baller, which seems like kind of be the norm these days. Everyone's kind of throwing a good sinker. He's around 89 to 92 with that. Touches 95 on the four-seamer with a great curveball, a mediocre slider, and a solid changeup that he's throwing for strikes already. So that's a good sign. Uh, we've, they've picked nine guys. I'm only going to touch on those four. Uh, those are the big ones so far that have a lot of info. It's tough to find info on these other kind of fringe prospects that go past the fourth round. 
when there's 40 rounds in a draft, you get you you scrape in the bottom of the barrel pretty quick. So. I was worried you were going to go through pick by pick by pick, and I was uh, like, that this is the last draft you should do that in, Justin. Like, I know. I mean, we, we talk we could talk about hockey and how really the first two rounds exactly. are the only ones we're talking about, and they only have seven in mm-hmm. total. And we got 40 rounds in baseball, which is ridiculous. Then you have all those compensatory picks for free agent signings, and it just it's a joke. The MLB well, draft is a little bit of a joke. You think about Kevin Pillar, who went pretty late. Exactly. And that's really the only guy I know who's a late-round draft pick who's blossomed. Yeah. I'll ask Patrick this. Patrick, what do you think about us taking two positional players early in the draft yeah. when pitching prospects, I mean, yes, there are a ton of them. The MLB draft has way more pitchers and positional players, mm-hmm. but do you like us taking positional players in the first round as opposed to the second and third rounds? Uh, I, I like... The shortstop pick, mm-hmm. yeah. and I'll get into that in a second. I don't understand really the outfield pick at all. I I don't know very much, admittedly, about Griffin Conine. Yeah. But I was kind of thinking that if we weren't going to use our first round pick for a pitcher, that we definitely should be doing it in the second round. And the fact that we waited another round before we got uh, Adam... Kloffenstein. Yeah, that's a great name. I hope it makes it on his jersey because that's going to wrap right around. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little bit confused about that. But the thing that I thought was a bit surprising was that um, Jordan Groshans, he signed right away. Yeah. He he had initially uh, been uh, committing to Kansas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because his brother actually goes to Kansas right now. Yeah, they were going to live together. That was the big thing, yeah. I was I was very surprised to see that he opted to sign with the Jays instead of going to uh, to college, but I guess uh, he had signed for like four million or something That's like that. That's what that pick's valued at, yeah, four point seven, I believe. Yeah, there was it was big money, so it's tough for an eighteen year old kid to say no to four point seven million. Exactly. It, oh yeah, and the thing is that the chance to actually get to play major league baseball, the fact that he is a first round pick. There's even though the MLB draft is usually more of a crapshoot than the other drafts <laughs> in the major sports yeah. in North America, just the fact that he was their first round pick and he was taken, what was it like ten or twelve spots above where he was expected to go? Yeah, is about shows that yeah, there's a there's a lot of faith there. But the other thing is that uh, from what I was reading, the the scuttlebutt on Reddit was that. Uh, Groshans is probably going to end up at third base. Yeah, which is Why? interesting. But yeah, it's 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 tough to say. I mean, the kid's eighteen. He's probably looking at like he's he's like the fifth or sixth, maybe even seventh shortstop in our organization right now, behind all these all these guys that we have currently. So I mean, by the time yeah. by the time he's ready for the bigs, he he maybe he does think of shortstop who knows maybe the circumstances change in the next couple of years and we need somebody there well i don't know if you guys know this but we have a young 19 year old third baseman in the minors he's this little known guy yeah uh he's called vladimir guerrero jr and why are we going to move an 18 year old shortstop to third base when yeah sure vladdy's defensive skills at third base they sound like they're subpar because he's a little bit of a big boy i can't see him going down and thick you know sticking grounders and stuff like that but uh i don't i don't think we should move him to third keep him at short if he's as good as he is at hitting, and we can have Vladdy Jr. and this guy playing shortstop, I mean, that's a pretty good young punch to have. Don't forget about the the sick guy with the flow, Bo Bichette. Bo, Bo Bichette, of course. Oh, yeah, Bo we've got we've got a, a dearth of infielders Man, already it's, it's in the crazy. system that are very exciting between Biggio, 
Bichette, and then you've got Guerrero on the corner. Gurriel Jr. I, there's just there's so much. Yeah, there's yeah. so many. You got a lot, but that's a that's a position all... that you always seem to to be able to move in trades. Like people are teams are always looking for middle infielders with, that can handle the bat, and frankly, every one of ours in our system can do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's something that we have to, I guess, value highly is the fact that the Jays were willing to take this guy in the first round ahead of where he was projected, and then he signed right away. It kind of makes me wonder if he would have signed right away if he was drafted by a different team. I mean, it's, we, can, we can speculate all we want, but maybe he was looking forward to having a chance to play with some of the guys that we've drafted. You know, I mean, he's a, he fits into our age range of, of where we're kind of projecting to be competitive again in a couple of years, and as a 20-year-old kid, he might fit into that picture. Maybe that's what kind of excited him. Maybe he's seen guys like Vladdy who have had success as an 18, 19-year-old yeah. kid. Guys like Bryce Harper who don't really, you know, they don't need time to develop. Some guy he's, named Mike Trout. Exactly. He's probably seen all these young guys who are like, you know what, I can do that. Uh, yeah, did you guys see him. the story about Kyler Murray? Yeah, I did. Crazy. So the Oakland A's take him with the ninth overall pick. Mm-hmm. He is the starting quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah. Oakland offers him $4.7 million to go play in their minor league system. Or do you play College for Oklahoma? Football. Like, Oklahoma could win the national championship this year. He <laughs> is a Heisman candidate. What would you do, Patrick? Would you take the $4.7 million and, you know, grind away in the minors? Or would you play that one year of Oklahoma football and hope to maybe get back to the Oakland farm system? Oh, I would go straight to MLB. Yeah. If he's, yeah, I mean, playing college ball, you're going to be more at risk for, you know, a serious career-ending injury Mm -hmm. i just think it'd be safer bet for him to just jump right into the system in oakland and i mean oakland i don't know too much about them but i don't think that they're exactly competitive at this time and probably won't be competitive next year either unless something happens so i mean he has to look at the system and say you know i have a really really strong opportunity here to jump into an organization and immediately be one of their higher uh, toted prospects why would i go bang my head on the ground and get (laughs) you know decked by 300 pound dudes you know for 20 something games in a season just so i can have a chance at winning what a heisman i mean but you think about that way if he's a quarterback with a heisman candidate he could make a lot of money if he happens to get drafted into the NFL. Yeah. Like that's that's a cakewalk. If he, you if you can get into the NFL as a quarterback with and like a Heisman pedigree, you're set you're set right there. Also too, you know, would you rather play in front of three thousand people in, in Oakland? Oakland's single A baseball team or rookie <laughs> team, or would you rather play in front of like eighty thousand wild college football fans on a weekly basis? I mean, I know I mean, it's college football, but still it's college football's that, massive. All of this is a fair assumption, but at the same time what if he goes out there in the first game and, you know, first snap and he gets sacked and he has a compound fracture on his leg? You're such a downer, That's very, that's very, very possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very possible he will get injured during the next college season if he decides to play for the Sooners. Yeah, you're I'm right. not saying that they're, they're bad or that their O-line is bad. It's just that there's so much risk it's involved to turn in down that kind of money no matter, no matter what what your other prospects are he could take a 95 mile an hour fastball between the eyes too and never play again so there's yeah. always that risk with every with every sport there's always yeah, that there's risk, always of a risk you can never play again because of an injury i don't know either, just either way risk. i i have to say i envy the guy because i'm i'm not i'm only good at one sport and it involves throwing rocks on an ice surface and that 
That's not a will sport. never make me four point seven million dollars. That's also you, you not a watch sport. yourself. It's not. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that kind of ties up our draft conversation. I uh, believe we we're, we're going to touch on the, all the pitchers on our 40-man roster who have pitched a game, a third of an inning, whatever mm-hmm. it is this season. Kind of see, just kind of rate performance, talk about what their status is in terms of contract. And, and we're we, not going to go big like into like see them. Jake Patricka, are we? No, right? we're not okay, going to talk good. about Jake yeah. Patricka that much. No, uh, no. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about the guys like, say, like a John Axford or, or a Danny Barnes who mm. have been around more this season. Um and kind of say, hey, do we want these guys back next year? Could they be trade candidates? Or if they're having a bad year, is it because they're bad or are they just getting unlucky? Because that happens in baseball. I'm looking at Mark Burley. Very lucky. <laughs> All right. So uh, I think we, we're just going to go alphabetical by the last name, I believe. Hey, Patrick, you want to do that? Uh, yeah. I think we've got the list queued up there. Yeah, so we we'll start with... Uh, John Axford. The Axe man. Good old Canadian kid. I like this signing a lot when we got when we picked him up. I mean, the guy's making I think it's like one point eight million this year. Hmm. Pretty good deal. I mean he's 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 been solid. I mean, I watched that the Tig- the Tigers game on Sunday when he came in and sh- shut down six guys in a row. Yeah. Two innings. I mean you can't ask more out of a guy who's kind of been knocked around a bit in recent years obviously broke into the league with milwaukee and saved a ton of games and over a three-year stretch in the early of this decade um good guy good fastball uh he's pitching 25 games this year he's, he's pretty much right in line with his uh career averages i'm kind of big into batted ball contact stats and one thing I noticed is that he's he's generating about 8% more soft contact off batters than he has in his career. So I think that's kind of a function of him locating the ball better where mm-hmm. the guy's unable to square it up. And that's probably what's helped him kind of keep his numbers where they are. He's been probably arguably maybe our best reliever this year. Yeah, I agree to disagree on that one. Yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty close between him and, and Sangwon Oh, but if you mm-hmm. look, too, at the numbers – this is one of his better years, possibly his best it since be the Milwaukee days yeah. when it comes to whip. Yeah. Which is uh, fairly significant. He's striking out less guys than he used to when he was younger uh, with the Brewers. Happen, uh, yeah. But he, he plays a really good role in Toronto where he's a solid seventh, eighth inning kind of guy who can come in, mm-hmm. shut down an inning, you know. Let's be realistic here, though. He's 35 years old. Yeah. And yeah. we're not going to sign him to a big contract or anything. If we can get him for a one-year deal That's next year. Similar to this year, yeah. Maybe. But, I mean, unless he's putting up, like, gaudy numbers as a 35-year-old, you're not going to give him more than a two-year, three-year contract. And but, with that being said, too, you bring that up, that it's, it's it's a kind of guy who's that old, but he's got experience where teams looking to acquire a lever to make their postseason push. Mm-hmm. If he's still pitching like this in a, a month from now when the, when the deadline's looming, that's a guy we could flip for a prospect or another young pit, a younger pitcher. Or he could be a that, Troy Hawkins and pitch when he's forty-two. You, you know? never like, know. You never know. Yeah, it could happen. Yeah, I, I see him uh, as more of the former, more as the kind of guy that we can keep, kind of give him semi-protected innings, uh, increase yeah. his value, and then just flip him. Yeah. I, I can't see us bothering to re-sign a thirty-five-year-old reliever when we already have some competent relievers in our system. The idea of signing him this year was that he would kind of serve that role that guys like LaTroy Hawkins have served in the past. 
but with the team not contending at all, I, I just don't I don't see why we would bother to hold on to him, especially if he has increased value at the deadline. Yeah, you're right. Next guy up here, Danny Barnes, whose ERA is a little high this year, 4.7. That's not that great considering he's only thrown 21 innings. I'm so on the fence about Danny Barnes because I just don't know what kind of pitcher he is. Like Sometimes he's a finesse pitcher. Sometimes <laughs> he can kind of overwhelm you a little bit. He just seems like such an on-the-fence pitcher. Like Nothing comes out at you when you think of Danny Barnes. He's like the generic player when you're playing yeah. MVP baseball. You know, when you go to create a player and it's like, Everything is seventy. That's Danny Barnes. Danny Barnes. Danny Barnes just doesn't. <laughs> he just doesn't stick out. And as a relief pitcher, you need to stick out in no, some kind of way. I looked a little bit deeper too. Again, he's he's walking about five guys per nine innings, which brutal. Not great. Like, brutal. That's not good. And he, he's a fifty-two percent fly ball pitcher, which when you're pitching at home in the Rogers Center, we can, we can talk about guys like Estrada who kind of get away with it at times or has in the past leading up to now Mm -hmm. Uh, but Danny Barnes is kind of I don't know I I don't think of Danny Barnes as that guy who can get away with fly balls like if if you're not if you're giving up fly balls 50% of the time you're going to give up your fair share of of extra base hits and home runs yeah and based like like what Clayton said with the high ERA I mean the guy uh if you look at his at his FIP which is his fielder independent pitching it's it's more accurate assessment it's actually higher than his ERA so it He's actually been getting lucky to have a 4.7 ERA this year. Mm. So looking a bit deeper, I mean, the, the guy hasn't been great. Uh, so I, I, I'm I'm on the fence of if I'd even want to see him back. He, we we got him team controlled through next year, so he's not even he's making the league minimum salary right now, which is a reason to keep him. He's not costing us a, sh- a shit ton of money, which mm-hmm. we can respect that. Uh, and then after that, once he's arbitration eligible, he's probably he hasn't pitched well enough in his career to make a ton of money. So he's, he's looking to be one of those guys who might be just that fringe reliever that a team will sign during or right before spring training yeah, just to fill out their roster. So, I mean, nothing remarkable with Danny Barnes. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I like the fact that he is not going to be a free agent until 2023, yeah. which means we have tons of control. But have you guys ever heard the term for a player who is good, really good in AAA but not quite good enough in – MLB and they call him like a quadruple A player something like that that's kind of what Danny Burns is to me is like he's the quintessential quadruple A pitcher not quite good enough to be (laughs) effective in MLB but when it comes to triple A he would be you know as close as you can get to being a star in the minor leagues as far as ability goes but he is very there is nothing that really sticks out except for you know the negative stats on the stat line. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something that he doesn't, I'm sure he doesn't want to stick out, but it has. Well, just the fact that he's giving up five walks per nine innings and what, like, over two home runs every nine well, innings. Well, and you think of a reliever who comes in, Oof. they come in with guys on base, you don't want him walking anyone else. Exactly. He's, he's supposed to be in there to strand runners and get out of, get out of jams, and if he's creating more work for himself, eh, yikes. Yeah, he was much better last year. I mean, he it's still... I hate saying this, but early. it's still, quote, early <laughs> when it comes to his career yeah, very. and the projections for this season that he could still turn it around theoretically Yeah. Uh, when it comes to his ERA and FIP and, and well, all those yeah, other you, numbers. You could go on one of those streaks where you've seen guys throw, go come and throw 30 straight scoreless appearances and his ERA could drop to two-something and it, it could happen. With relievers, their numbers fluctuate so quickly because they're only in there for an inning or less in some cases, so. 
Yeah, but ultimately, I think we're all on the same page where yeah. we have relatively little faith in what Danny Burns can bring to the team. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. There's a bunch of other competent arms in the system. So yeah. he could be serviceable when it comes injury time. But once 2023 hits, I, I don't see us Bye, hanging on to him. I, I think he'll be done by then. Danny yeah. Barnes will not be on the team by 2023. He if will not be on the team on 2019, guys. Come uh, on. like 2020, at the very least. He's, Danny Barnes. Once he's like, out of team control, we don't need him anymore. Uh, Joe oh, Biagini. Patrick's favorite guy, Jumbo Joe. Oh, he loves, man. He loves that I, he's a starter now. <laughs> he doesn't love it. <laughs> he had a lot oh, of promise man. early in his that Blue Jays side career. There, Patrick, that was great. He had a lot of promise in the early part of his Jays career. A big guy who can chuck gas, and there's a lot of movement on his fast stuff too. And he's a likable dude. Oh, very likable. Weirdo, but oh, yeah. very, very likable. <laughs> uh, the thing is, he's just he hasn't gotten better. You need to get better if you're going to be a starting pitcher. You cannot stay on the same level. You need to improve, and he's I haven't seen improvement from him. Not at all. No, he's he's so much worse this year than he was last year, and last year was a friggin' disaster. So I, I don't know what to say about Joe Biagini that I haven't already said, you know, in private and uh, <laughs> to myself every night before I go to bed. Oof. I just don't want to see him starting games anymore. Dear Diary, at all. today Joe Biagini started a game. He was terrible. I wanted Patrick. to hang myself. God, like... <laughs> I just don't yeah. like it when he, I don't trust him with the ball anymore, and uh, that's a big thing. I mean, sure, yeah, Aaron tough. Sanchez and Stroman and Marco Estrada. I mean, we'll talk about him soon because, yeah. but <laughs> you you kind of trust them with the ball because you can be like, you know, you you know what to do. You can have great games. Everyone's gonna have a bad game once in a while, and everyone goes through bad stretches. But you still trust them with the ball. Yeah, I don't trust Joe B. with seen the ball a great anymore. Game from Joe no, he's turning turning into another Romero where you don't trust him. It's 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 kind of the thing where I I, I believe that they're done with him as a starter now. He's he's been in the bullpen mm -hmm. the last couple of weeks. I liked him in the bullpen in our in our last ALCS run there yeah. in, in 2016. He was he was great in the pen. Uh, he pitched eight, the eighth inning role for us a lot of the time. Yeah, and that that was huge. I, he's he's a guy that we, we've seen good numbers from. He's eligible for arbitration this off season, but based on his current numbers, he's not going to get paid that much. No. So he's a guy that we can resign. On a two-way deal, so at least we can option him to the minors if we need to. Exactly. Um, yep. And he's he's young enough, and as a Rule Five pick that we got from the Giants a couple of years ago, I mean, we, we've got more than we could have really hoped for. Mm -hmm. He's done of, his job. He's done his, he's done his job adequately as a reliever. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to go. Now it's time probably to either move on or hope that he can find his game the next little while in the pen and right the ship yeah uh next guy coming up here i think we can do this one quickly and we can all agree yeah. that tyler clippard has got a frig off <laughs> <laughs> oh see see i Tyler clippard's one of those guys where i look at him and he just doesn't he's not physically imposing he just takes like that lanky kid on the playground that's like me when i'm on the playground with like a pair of, of cool ass sunglasses on mm -hmm. throwing gas and giving up a lot of home runs like I did in slow pitch this weekend, I was terrible on the yeah. mound. Nothing happening. He's he's not walking a ton of guys. Or, sorry, he is walking a ton of guys again. Stop trying to defend <laughs> Tyler Clippard, man. Like We can just say he's bad and we can move on. He's doing a job right now that Roberto Osuna screwed over and 
and we're, we, yeah. we got to give him a little bit of credit for at least stepping in and, and closing a few games for us. No, we don't. <laughs> Clayton's just shaking his head at me right he's now. He's just he can't he can't locate his pitches, and you can tell like when he pitches, he's not aiming he's not, for anything. He's, he's just missing his spots. It down the middle, yeah. Russell Martin will just be livid at him because he's like, man, hit, hit your spot. Spots. Like you'll see, like when you see Tyler Clippard pitch, watch Russell Martin or Luke Mayley behind the, the body plate. language. Is they not will just great. sit there and just be like, man, here, you know, here, because you yeah. can't hit his spots. Get rid of him. Yeah, well, who else do we have? Good point. <laughs> that's the, that's the yeah. problem, well, right? Well, one more thing when it comes to Clippard. Early in the season, he had stuff, and then he just lost it. You think it. he's at a gas and it's and only June? It's, yeah, and it's just been a, a very steady decline since then. I mean, he still has, what, a 0. 0.5 uh, wins above replacement? Yeah, he's he's contributing, well, so he's adding uh, he's adding some value. I mean, if you look at Fangraphs, they say he's got a zero wins above average. Um, baseball Reference is a little bit different in their grading system, but mm-hmm. either way, he's been barely a, a fringe player. Yeah, yeah. Like the thing is, I see him as another player who we can cultivate into having value at the deadline, and then ship him off to. Who cares where? Tyler Clippard's and, values in the past, nope. though, and that's that's and, and teams do look at that when they're looking to add guys like like I said earlier with Axford as a, as a kind of a, a playoff bolstering roster move, where they'll look at the past and say, "Hey, this guy's saved games before. Let's bring him in just in case we need somebody." And they can always leave him off the roster if he doesn't fit in with their plans. I'm um, really mad we've spent this much time talking on yeah, Tyler freaking Clipper. Let's man. let's move on before <laughs> before Clayton has an aneurysm and uh, talk about Marco Estrada, who is equally frustrating, if not more than Tyler Clippard. I'm just, just I'm emotionally attached to Marco Estrada. I like Marco a lot. He's got a great name. It's not like Tyler Clippard where he came in this year and whatever, you know, he's a new guy. Marco yeah. Estrada was there three years ago when the Jays just started to get good again after fifteen years of being. He kept horrible. us alive in two playoff games. Kept us alive. He pitched his ass off for us. You know, Marco Estrada gave it hundred and ten percent for the Jays, <laughs> but he is as my friends like to say, Strugs McGrugs right now, like just struggling. Yeah. It's uh, it's tough to see. He's getting older, but you can definitely tell that his change-up command isn't there, and yep. he definitely lost some zip on the ball. He had that back injury last year. Mm-hmm. I think that probably sapped a lot of of everything. I mean, he was carrying the team, quote-unquote, for a, a few years. But he's <laughs> such a gem. That's the thing. He's a great guy in the clubhouse. He's, yeah. He, he works hard, and he's going to give you everything he got. Again, a guy that you trust the ball with. You know, If you give him the ball, you're going to trust him. But that trust is going a little out the window. It's hey, Patrick. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a steady decline since his All-Star season. I Look, I love I love Estrada, too. I remember watching those postseason games. I remember believing in him. I remember thinking to myself, this guy is our guy now and in the future but this year he has not been good um like you said his change up the the deception Mm -hmm. in the delivery and all that it's not there anymore there's no speed anymore on the fastball there's no i get what's the term velocity i guess yeah Yeah. it's down even though it's acceleration but anyway (laughs) i digress it's he just doesn't he doesn't have the tools that he had in 2016 and i think it's time for us to very begrudgingly accept the fact that he can't be our number three starter anymore. And once this season passes, it'll be for the best that we go in a different direction. Well, he is a free it's, agent, it's, so it I mean, sucks. it's yeah, exactly. tough to either get some value out of him at the deadline. 
we've had so many guys that's like, hey, we could get something for them at the deadline. It seems like every guy we've talked about so far, we're always like, oh, yeah, we could trade them if they're playing well enough. It's it's a lot of ifs. With well, the, yeah. With Estrada, we... with the way he's pitched, I don't know I don't know of any team who would be willing to take a chance on him to improve their team. He'll be like a Francisco Liriano at the deadline. Remember when we got Liriano back in the day, and it was like, hey, he can be a fifth, uh, fifth starter for a contender. And yeah. then maybe in the playoffs go to the bullpen. That's what I see Marco Estrada being Liriano's this Liriano's value, though, is that we got Teoscar Hernandez for him. And also... Um, Francisco Liriano was a lefty. Yeah. And Marco Estrada is not lefties. They're very, very valuable. That is true. Uh, let's move to Jaime Garcia here. Oh. Again, another new guy. I loved his first two starts. I thought his stuff was great, even though I don't think he won his first two starts. No. But I really enjoyed Jaime Garcia's first two starts. It looked like, you know, okay, another veteran presence in our starting rotation. And then he started to throw like Tyler Clippard, and he that's where you lose me there. Yeah. yeah. He got injured and come back, and he. He wasn't great against Detroit. We can we all know that. Yeah, I think he didn't even last out the second inning. No Good times. Uh, yeah, he's getting hit. I, I he's getting hit very hard this year. Like forty percent of the balls he's that pitchers got hitting them against him have been hard contact. So I mean that's not a recipe for success if you're a starting pitcher. You want to give up a lot less than that. So I mean, I, I think Jaime Garcia is here to eat innings, and that's kind of why we signed him there was there wasn't much left in the free agent pool by the time we decided hey well, we should probably sign a pitcher uh even though we knew we needed one going in um but i think he's kind of just that guy a la r.a dickey that's here to eat some innings ideally and just kind of bridge the gap this season yeah i don't think he has a future with the jays no. either like i he we have a team option for 2019 yeah but it's uh, it the contract would be ten, $10 million, million, and it's a two million buyout. Just buy him out. Yeah. Um, I don't see him as being a part of the future uh, of the organization at all. And again, another guy that we can try to flip for value. Although at this point, <laughs> his value really couldn't be any lower. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next guy up here again. We can. Sammy G. Sammy G. How do you say his last name? Gaviglio? Yeah, that's right. Gavi- like It's yep, not like a soft it. G or anything like that? No. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Again, I like the Jays. I, I I haven't really heard too much about this guy. I'm going to let you guys take this one. Uh, he's, because... He started a couple of games. Mm-hmm. Looked He looked actually really good as a starter. Um, low walks, decent Ks. He's a ground ball guy. About the same numbers as Sanchez, about 50% of the time. Ground Is he balls. another quadruple A kind of guy, though? So he's 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 kind of young. He's only played in twenty one big league games. He's he he played some played some time last year. Gotcha. He's got sixteen starts and twenty one games. Uh, a fringe fifth fifth starter mm-hmm. with four potential if he plays out of his mind. Uh, I think that's really kind of the book on him. Too limited of a time really to to draw conclusions. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. I I agree with that. It's early in his career. He's not not arbitration uh, eligible until 2021. Which is good. I see him as the kind of guy who can be our fifth starter uh, while the team rebuilds the next season or two yeah. and just chew up innings. He's and, gonna you know, stay if in he's great. If he's great, great. <laughs> if he's not, whatever. Yeah, uh, he's gonna be kind of like that guy who gets those those spot starts on a doubleheader like we've been doing with Biagini. And then moves back to AAA, back and forth, back and forth kind of deal. 
Next guy up here, uh, Blue Jays MVP so far this season, Jay Happ. Uh, can't say enough good things about Jay Happ because, I mean, when you have pitchers on your team like uh, Marcus Stroman, who's all over the social media, you have Aaron Sanchez doing his stupid WestJet commercials or whatever. <laughs> you got these pitchers that are hogging the spotlight so much. No one really talks about Jay Happ, and all he does is throw gas and get wins. That's all Jay Happ does, and yet no one talks about him in our rotation. I think the good thing about Jay Happ is you don't have to talk about him. He's he's there putting in his work. He's he's a quiet guy. He, mm-hmm. he he has that demeanor where he, he doesn't I don't think Jay wants to be talked about, which is probably a good thing. I mean, he's kind of just going about his business. I love that. I love that. That's mm-hmm. the kind of guy you want leading your rotation. I mean, the guy who shows people how it's done. I just love his delivery. Like it's just so it's smooth great. and yeah. fluid. It's doc-esque, you know. Like yeah, just there's not style. a there's not a wasted motion in his no, delivery it's very and deliberate. he's just it seems like he's throwing a lot harder this year. He's getting a little up there in age, but he seems to be throwing harder and have more control. <laughs> Again, I just I love Jay Happ this yeah. season. Jay Happ is the only reason why the Jays are somewhat kind of maybe-ish still in it kind He's of. making 12 million bucks free agent this year. I mean, sign him to a two-year deal, maybe-ish. Yeah. I don't think he'll sign a one-year deal. Depends the price. I think he can get a two-year deal somewhere. Yeah. Maybe a three if it's ba- if it's if it's front-loaded. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, the guy's striking out eleven guys for nine innings. That's he's he's traditionally he's been about seven, so he's he's striking out more guys. He's walking less, and he's getting getting the same amount of ground balls, forty-seven percent, as he did last year. Exactly. So he's he's, he's measure of consistency, which I mean, you can't you have to respect about a guy who's playing on a team who's not going anywhere this season. He's, he hasn't let the team's performance affect him, mm-hmm. and I, I love that. I like the guy a lot. He is kind of an island on his own right now yeah. because he's the only Jay who's exceeding expectations. And, like, I, I like him a lot on the roster, and I'd like to see him stick around. But I'm going to say this again. He's a guy who, at the deadline, if he's still mm-hmm. overachieving, we can trade for value. He is 35 years old, yep. which means he's definitely not going to be a starting pitcher by the time all of our young guns uh, come up. Yeah. So do we keep him for the sake of having the team not look completely incompetent, or do we flip him, uh, get some kind of draft pick or a solid prospect from a team uh, like, say, Pittsburgh or... Uh, Chicago or St. Louis who might want to look to beef up their pitching rotation Mm -hmm. come July in order to kind of get over that hump and secure a wild card spot. I think if the phone rings, you've got to answer it if it it involves J-Hap. And if the the offer is good, you take the money and you run with it. Don't look back. And we'll talk about that a little bit at the end when we talk about if we should blow the Jays up or not. Uh, Let's get back to the bullpen. Aaron Loop. Yeah. Okay. Again, another on the fence kind of guy for me. Yeah. See, I people people give Aaron Loop a lot of crap, and I, I mean, I have in the past too. But when we started talking about doing this episode, I, I looked a lot into what he's done. I mean, the guy's been very, very, very consistent. Like I always thought he gave up a ton of home runs. He, he doesn't. He gives up less than half a home run per nine innings, mm-hmm. which is all you can ask. And he's a left-handed guy. He's got that crazy sidewinder delivery that I just love to see it's, yeah. as well. Um, strikes out almost nine guys per nine, walks less than two and a half, a decent ground ball guy. I mean, 
he's the kind of guy that looking at those numbers alone, you say, why don't we have more Aaron Loops in our bullpen? Like, the why, thing is, why you, can't we find more guys like that? You look at his numbers, and yes, his numbers are great, but when he has his bad games, they are the biggest games. They're, they're against Boston. Games. They're yeah. against the Yankees. They're against Baltimore. They're against yeah, the teams we're chasing. So, like, yes, Aaron Loops' stats are good on paper, but yeah. it's just – he is not clutch. And that's the one thing about no. baseball is you look at people's numbers and you're like, man, how is hey, this, this guy not in the All-Star great. game? Yeah. But it's just the clutch factor. And yeah. Aaron Loop just doesn't have that. I just don't see that clutch gene no. where where he's coming out of the bullpen. You know he's going to get three outs. It's he's, always like. He not doesn't have ice in his veins. No. Like, a, like a Osuna who was closing games in the playoffs as a 21-year-old We don't kid. talk about We don't talk about Roberto Osuna anymore. I want to talk about him, though. Can't. He's a dick. <laughs> we are going to talk about him, though, unfortunately. <laughs> we'll touch very but... briefly on that, yeah. Aaron Loop is a left-handed reliever. Uh, they don't grow on trees, mm-hmm. so I kind of like the idea of keeping him around if we can afford him. I would not, you know, uh, blow a massive wad of cash on trying yeah. to keep him around for two, three years. But as far as left-handed relievers go, I like I like what he has. I don't like the fact that he is the opposite of clutch when we play divisional rivals. But at the same time, he is not ineffective this year so i don't know i i say keep him for another year or two see what happens mm-hmm. i mean fact, he's only 30 yeah the fact I he's a lefty we, i think we saves get him. very oh for sure yeah what was that the fact he's a lefty i think saves him a bit absolutely mm-hmm. yeah that's what i think too another lefty tim Meza. i mean we can't really say too much with this guy he's under team control for a while uh, he's another fly ball guy, but he gets a lot of strikeouts. Gives up some dingers, but I mean the sample size for him is pretty small in, in the big leagues. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really have anything to say about Tim Meza until we see 30, 40 games out of him. Yeah, I don't want to chirp him because I don't really know too much about. Yeah, Meza I don't, right I don't now. know him personally, so I don't want to say anything bad about him. Uh, <laughs> it's Aaron, early in his career. Yeah. I think we can, we, we can, can say that. We can't really on. make judgments. Too early yet. to say here. Uh, next guy up here is a Derek McGuire. Deck McGuire. Deck McGuire. Yeah, Deck, Deck McGuire is a guy we've had in our farm system for a, it seems like forever now. I'm not sure how old is he, Clayton. Do you have his age up there? Let me check his baseball reference. Um, here. He's about to turn 29. In is he that 20. old already? My goodness. Okay, so yeah, I mean for Deck McGuire, I mean it's kind of a guy who's never pitched in the big leagues for a full season at 29. Yeah. How much time do we have left to to waste on him? None. If he hasn't developed yet, why why is he still around is kind of my opinion. <laughs> I don't know. I I think he I don't have any patience for him he's anymore. He's just the roster filler. I, yeah, I don't even know why he's there. It's I'm not saying like he's a bad person. I'm just saying I, I don't see any value at the MLB level. I don't no. even know what he's doing in the minors. He might uh, be one of yeah, those guys I, who uh, looks like a sexy prospect, you know, 6'6", 220. Probably trucks really, really hard. So, like, you might be like, okay, this guy looks great in shorts and a T-shirt. But when it comes to the actual game, it might be one of those guys who, like, yeah, he hasn't performed yet. we got to get rid of him. But he's just a good-looking prospect where you're like, you know what, let's take a chance on him for another year. But I agree, his whip is 1.6 this year. Like, ugh. Yeah, not great. Next guy up here we got after deck. Oh, we got O. Oh, no. Oh, no. The final boss. His... I never know how to say his first name. Is it Sangwon? Sangwon. Sangwon? Sangwon. Oh, you got the H in there. Yeah. Hohan. Okay, gotcha. Oh, the final boss. That's, it's such a sweet nickname. I mean, he came over from from uh, the Asian leagues from Japan, 
and looked real good mm-hmm. in in uh, in St. Louis when he came over. And then this last couple of years, he's kind of just been a very, very, very average reliever where he's not really added much value. He's making one point eight million this year. He's got a two and a half million dollar team option with a two hundred thousand dollar buyout next year. So I mean, the the price tag on him isn't too much. If he's if he's average rest of the season, we we might pick up that option just to keep a guy around who who can throw some gas and has that late inning experience. I mean, he's striking out a ton of guys still, almost ten per nine. Um, and, and like looking into into his advanced stats, as I like to do, they kind of show that he's been getting uh, better or worse luck than he should. Mm-hmm. His numbers on paper look like he should be performing better than he is. So he's kind of just been getting the the crap end of the stick when it comes to balls finding holes and that kind of thing. So I mean, over the course of the season, we might see this guy go lights out for a while just as the baseball always does it always evens out at this point i'll take any bullpen pitcher that isn't pitching horrible baseball yeah and, and that's, that's the thing that's with him. oh he's not pitching horribly he's doing his job yeah. so anyone who's doing his job has a spot in the blue jays bullpen right you now because everyone's struggling so anyone who's half decent you got to keep and that's what O's been yeah. doing right now so you mentioned like aaron loops bad games are bad games O has the same thing he'll come in yeah. for three straight games and look great and then he'll come out and give out four runs and a totally couple runs back to back what do you think patrick uh, I'd like for us to keep him around. Uh, keep mm-hmm. in mind, though, he's going to be turning 36 yeah, next he, month. These, these so Asian guys is, are always deceiving because they come over here later. Yeah, he's no spring chicken. We do have uh, an arbitration year, and then I think he's a free agent in 2022, so we Something can probably like squeeze another season and a bit out of him. Yeah. But like Clayton said, he's doing his job. He might as well stick around. Okay, mm-hmm. this next guy... Is it Aaron Sanchez? Should we should we keep Osuna for last? Maybe. I was thinking Strowman. I was say. thinking, and I'll edit this. I was thinking Strowman last, because like, do we keep Strowman next? Do we keep Strowman? Is he going to be our franchise guy, or do we get rid of him? Okay, uh, that's a good question. We'll save that for late. We'll save that for last. Let's talk about Roberto Osuna right now. Yeah. Is it cool if I swear? Yeah. Fuck this guy. Yep. Yeah, see, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, but like he beat up his girlfriend. I'm in the sorry. same boat as you. I, I've got I got no patience for people who, for one, are hit hit women. I mm-hmm. got no patience for that, and let alone a guy who's there's there's kind of been some rumors circling on him. Maybe this isn't the first time it's happened that the Blue Jays may have known about some past issues that in Mexico good. in the summer. Yeah, or the fall and the winter. Sorry, I always think differently with sports. Uh, so I mean, Roberto Rostino, as far as I'm concerned, he's he's probably done. I'd with, say so too. With, with the Jays at the very least, and potentially his career maybe over in the states and the major leagues, he might go pitch somewhere else, or they'll they'll take him and maybe Japan or like Korea, or maybe he'll just go back and pitch in the Mexican league. Well, but that's I mean, a shame because he was great, such a good guy, or a good not a good guy, a not good a good pitcher. guy, not a good guy, not good a pitcher. good guy, a good pitcher who's just kind of threw it all away because he had some issues. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's that's really all there is to say about him. I mean we can talk all of, all we all we want about how good he's been in in playoff games and just over the over the course of his, of his young career. But unfortunately, you just get those guys who'll just throw it all away. Agreed. Yeah, I mean early in the season he broke the record for uh, fastest, fastest player to get to 100 yeah. saves or the youngest player, whatever it is. Yeah, youngest. And like a month and a half later, 
you know, well, Jays fans are, we've, we've all, you know, unanimously agree that if he is guilty of what we think he may be guilty of, then he Happy definitely trails. shouldn't be back in a Jays uniform. <laughs> it's, it's I'm totally, kind of funny totally on board with that. We, when we were talking earlier, you asked if you'd forgotten any pitchers, and I said, Roberto Osuna's not on the list. <laughs> just because we, yeah. we kind of, we've kind of just moved on at this point. Mm-hmm. He's done. Yeah. Uh, let's it's move on. It's kind of a shame, too. Yeah, it is a huge shame. Again, he was perfect, and he was a fan favorite. Yeah. Perfect closer. He's going to be our closer for a long time by the looks of it. Didn't work out because he's a douche. Uh, A.A. Ron Sanchez. Oh, this is a touchy subject. Oh, I love A.A. Ron so much. First of all, his commercials are stupid, and they're the worst Blue Jays commercials ever. They're remember, not great. Remember the Troy Gloss commercial those where he goes dead. and he hits that dinger with the pinata and yeah. then runs around? It's like, I miss those Jays commercials. Those were fun. Even though I hated A.J. Burnett. Those Blue Jays commercials for A.J. Burnett were yeah. great. I-, I didn't like A.J. Burnett back then, but, I mean, the guy grew on me as time went on. Aaron Sanchez's commercials are horrible. I know that has nothing to do with how his performance or anything. I I mean, like horrible commercials, peeve. mediocre performance in the field. Maybe His it is finger connected. sucks. I mean, he he looked real good against Detroit this weekend. Six innings, only gave up a couple of runs. I, I mean, it was kind of for me. It was kind of a turning point, potentially, hopefully, a turning point for Sanchez. I think he still walked four guys. But the problem with Aaron is that he gets so much movement on his two seam fastball mm-hmm. that I've watched. And as an as an umpire, I, I hate to rag on umpires, but there have been a ton of calls where Aaron Sanchez is either coming back on the outside corner or cutting in off the inside that they just missed. And, the mm-hmm. low, and he works the low end of the zone. He's a ground ball guy, a big-time ground ball guy. And I feel like he's been getting kind of the the short end of the umpire stick this season where they've just been missing some calls. But at the same time, I mean, with that much movement, you're, you're going to walk some guys. I still feel like Aaron Sanchez is going to be the ace of this team. I mean, imagine what he could do if he had a competent pitching coach who <laughs> could just help him with his mechanics, his delivery, yeah. as well as getting that location back. Because uh, I do think he's Pete Walker's not walking, doing justice. He's walking way too many guys, just way, way too many. And, the, and, and it, we get to that, this common theme where you, you mentioned he's walking too many guys, and that's kind of a thing that a lot of our pitchers are struggling, especially our starters are struggling with this year. Like You saw, you saw Stroman before he went down with injury. He was walking a ton of guys. Hap's still walking a, a ton of guys too. He's, he's, he's pitching well enough to get out of those jams when he gets the balls in play. But we're we're running into some control issues across the roster, and sooner or later, that's it's, a telling it's, it's, thing, it's isn't it? Sign. Like that's yeah. a sign of a, a a bigger issue of an approach right? uh, approach thing that they're being these guys are being taught that they're not attacking the zone as much as they should be. Like major league pitchers should be able to throw strikes. You you can't tell me that a guy who like an Aaron Sanchez or like a Marcus Stroman can't throw strikes when they've been highly touted prospects and starters for a couple of years now. Josh Towers made millions of dollars by not throwing strikes. You're right. Those times, <laughs> times were different, and we, we still sucked then anyway, so it, didn't, it, it looked a little bit different. We weren't coming off a couple of good years before, before we went, fell into mediocrity again. Uh, I, just, I just feel like Aaron Sanchez is a guy who he's making 2.7 mil this year. He's eligible for arbitration year two. He'll make something similar next year. Barring uh, an incredible finish to this season, he won't make much more money than he is right now. He, he's a guy that we can still keep around for a couple of more years on team control, essentially. So, I mean, I don't see why we would do anything crazy with Sanchez. He's a young enough guy that we don't have to say, hey, it's not like a Deck McGuire. Aaron Sanchez isn't 29. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the time the time for Sanchez to develop is still now. He had that great 2016 where he, he was top five in Cy Young voting, led the league in ERA. Yep. 
and and then obviously the the finger thing last year was just a huge Debbie Downer. Um, but hopefully he's moved past that. And so far, I mean, he hasn't had any issues with it this season. He hasn't missed a start yet. So I mean, I'm I'm looking at Aaron Sanchez as the guy who, like a Marcus Stroman, is is hopefully a fixture of this team for at least the next handful of years, or could be is in the is in the in the talk. Because we've got these kids coming up who are going to be be here next year, if not sooner, who are going to be a big part of this team for the next five, ten years, and hopefully these guys are right in there with them. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. That's all I got there. I mean, Aaron Sanchez is—it's it's frustrating to see him struggle, but at the same time, I, I I still believe he's going to be a guy who figures it out. Here's the thing, though. Like, I I agree. I I would like for Sanchez to be our ace uh, now and in the future. But if there was an opportunity, like let's say you're you're Shapiro and yeah. there's an opportunity to flip him for another pitching prospect, like say Alex Reyes, and kind of give the team uh, a soft reset as far as getting somebody a bit younger with a bit less experience but highly touted as a prospect, would you do it? For Alex or Reyes, would, would you, would, I, I would I would I would highly consider it. I mean, the, the Cardinals are going to demand a king's ransom for Alex Reyes. Because he's 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 almost ready now to be a very good major league starter. So I, I he's not going to come cheap. Um, if the price is Aaron Sanchez, he, I I don't know. It, it's tough to give up on a guy who we saw a complete season from only a couple of years ago before injuries kind of wrecked him last year. And it wasn't even like it was a pitching injury, like a muscle thing. It was it was a stupid blister. And and that's I think that's what was the most frustrating thing for fans is just watching a guy say, "Hey, we we understand if you had to have Tommy John surgery, but he had a blister on his finger and it, he couldn't pitch." I'd trade him. Yeah, I'm just saying I'd trade him. Get okay. him at his most value. I just <laughs> I don't see Aaron Sanchez being the guy on this team. I just I, I don't see it out of him. I mean, I did see it in 2016. I, in tw- yeah. If we were talking two years ago, I would never yeah, say sure. trade him yeah. ever. He was indispensable in the Jays. I, I don't know. I just I a gut feeling tells me he's a good piece to move. If we're thinking about blowing up, he's the first guy that's got to yeah, go. You bring up a good point. I mean, I, I feel like as as Jays fans, especially we we tend to look at what guys have done in the past. Yeah. What, it's, instead of a more of a what have you done for me lately kind of yeah. approach. Let's so, uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, let's <laughs> skip Luis Santos here because it's who Luis Santos? <laughs> uh, Tapera. I think we can all agree that Ryan Tapera is another Danny Barnes kind of guy. Yeah, he's 30 years old mm-hmm. and too. I um, really want to talk about Stroms. Yeah, I do too. Let's so, talk about Marcus. Okay. <laughs> I think Marcus, I didn't think he was going to be out for as long as he has been so far no, this year. No, he's not even throwing yet. It was supposed to be a 10-day DL thing, and yeah. yet he's still just hanging out in his Instagram, posting selfies from his big house. I love Marcus Stroman. I love that he went to number six for the six. I loved him and David Price together, how amped up he got. I loved mm-hmm. how he came back from a torn ACL. I love all that about him, but he... He's got to start proving it on the mount. It's awesome that the fans love him. It is awesome that, you know, he's a fan favorite and that he loves Toronto. He's a little too inconsistent on the mound. He's when he's on, he's on. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah, I mean the guy's His consistency's been a little bit of an issue though. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I mean the guy, the guy's kind of frustrating. He's he he's a bit of a loudmouth when it comes to the the Twitterverse, mm-hmm. uh, the whole Ryan Goins thing where hashtag communication. Yeah, uh, like the Blue Jays owe him anything when they're gonna let Ryan Goins go. It's exactly. Not like, hey, if it was somebody else like uh, Josh Donaldson, like just okay, we're still Josh Donaldson walk away. Then I mean, yeah, then I'd be probably mad too. But it's Ryan Goins, and the mm-hmm. guy wasn't worth anything. Um, yeah, I mean Strowman's. 
making six and a half million dollars this year, which seems like a waste of money right now with the way he pitched prior. I mean, a 771 ERA. I will point out Oof. that that his career ERA is 387, and his FIP this season, if if he was getting the same luck as everybody else, is 398, which is barely above his career career ERA. So I mean, the guy, he had seven starts. It's tough to gauge a starting pitcher on seven starts. Maybe when he gets to 15, if he comes back soon, uh, then then we talk about it. I mean, 60% ground balls still. I mean, that's. That's elite in the big leagues. If you can get over 55% ground balls, you're doing very, very well. If we blow up the team, though, we're going to need a guy in the field that's going to be the face of the team, and we're yeah. going to need a pitcher that's going to be and the face of the team. probably Marcus Stroman. You need to have that Marcus Stroman to keep the fans coming back. Agreed. I mean, R- Roger Center doesn't do well selling during the season anyways when the Jays aren't in it. Yeah. So if we do blow it up and the Jays suck, we're going to need some butts in the seats. And I know that's bad style for baseball teams to think like that because you want to put the best product on the field, but you need a guy like Marcus Stroman that's going to get the kids and the family to the ballpark, Mm. and then you obviously got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So you got your two kind of faces of the franchise there. I just don't think you can move Stroms right now. And Patrick, I got something fun fun for you to let you like. 4.33 walks per nine innings. How do you like that? I I I don't like that at all. Another one of your issues with Mr. Pete Walker. I I think... Well, yeah, I th- I think I'm actually in complete opposition to what you guys are saying about Stroman in that I think he should just be dealt. I and the the it's a combination of things. Number one, I cannot stand his social media presence. I think it is <laughs> distracting, and all this hype that was bouncing around about height doesn't measure heart and all this nonsense with this supposed feud between Sanchez and Stroman yeah. uh, last year. And then on top of that, he's performed horribly this year. Now he's injured. He's got quote shoulder fatigue. <laughs> hey, it sounds uh, like Josh Dodson's dead arm. Co- complaining about how his friends are, going elsewhere and not getting signed or whatever. I just, he just, I feel like he's turning into a head case and he's getting in his own way of being successful. And as great as his previous accomplishments are with the Jays, he's had a, a great career thus far. I think he really could use a fresh start and now would be a really good time for him to get a fresh start somewhere else. Mm. Isn't it funny, though, how how his social media was not a big factor two or three years ago when he was the same guy, still the HDMH guy, you know, whatever, but he was pitching great. So if you pitch great, I don't think you can be, you can kind of be a bit of an idiot on social media, not an idiot, but you can be out there on social media because if you're pitching great, who cares? But it's awesome to see that, hey, if you're not pitching awesome and you're not doing your job, we're not going to put up with your shit. In 2018, fans will pick on anything they can. Yeah. It's it's tough. I mean, I I unfollowed him on every social media platform that I that I participate in mm-hmm. because I, I just don't want I don't want to see it. It definitely did taint my opinion of the guy a little bit. But then at the same time, like I I thought to myself, you know what? This doesn't really it shouldn't impact the way I feel about him as a baseball player. So I I just eliminated that that bias or yeah. that possibility from from my daily life. I mean, I still love Stroman because of the the ground ball numbers and his his bat, his batted ball stats are really good. I mean, 
I love to see him come back this year. He's come back from injuries before. Obviously, like you said, the ACL thing, mm-hmm. MCL, ACL, whatever it was. He came back way faster than he should have. He should have been out a year, and he came back in like six months and mm-hmm. pitched well for us in a playoff scenario. So, I mean, uh, the guy's definitely a big game performer. He loves the spotlight. And you can't have too many of those guys on your team who aren't afraid to go out there and say, hey, this is a must-win game. It's do or die. we got the Yankees coming to town. we got to win this game. And Stroman's like, okay, I want the ball. That's what I like about Strom's yeah. big-time pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by the sounds of it, we all think that the Jays should blow it up, correct? Yeah. <laughs> Especially on the <laughs> – yeah. uh, just talking about pitchers. We haven't even touched hitters yet. We exactly. Won't get to, we won't get to that today. Uh, and I just – I feel like – Without even getting there, I mean, we've we've talked about I think over half the guys we said, hey, if we can get some value from them, why not? So here's a scenario: <laughs> uh, you are Ross Adkins, uh, you're blowing the team up. What do you do? Uh, let's start with Patrick. Like, how do you blow up the team? What's your first couple moves? What do you try to get in return? Just you're Ross Adkins. What do you do? Okay, well, let's say it's July and everybody has performed, you know, slightly above expectations as of this moment but like probably just not having a great season. Yeah. I don't see John Axford or Tyler Clippert or Sangwon O really being a part of the, the distant future of the team. If they're overachieving, definitely trade them. Uh, when it comes to the starters, I would definitely look at trying to get value for Estrada because I don't see us re-signing him. Possibly the same with Hap, especially if he continues to overachieve. Uh, I just like the idea of just detonating what we have, getting maximum value, finding some other inning-eating pitchers out there, uh, possibly in the NL Central, and just you know flip them for as many prospects as we can and maybe start to pair these guys up with guys we are not going to be re-signing uh, in the infield or outfield like Josh Donaldson and trying to get maximum value, hopefully try to restock the cupboard and find, you know, some young talented pitchers who are just on the cusp of breaking out in MLB and bringing them in. For sure. That would be my, that would be my approach. Yeah. I'm disappointed in you, Patrick. You didn't use your Pete Walker line that you keep saying to me in our Skype chats. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Pete Walker needs to be fired into the sun um i think it's time it's time for a a total facelift of the the pitching staff and i think that starts at the tippy top with the coach and i think it's just time for a culture change whatever he has been doing it's not working anymore Um, i'm I'm with you there yeah i I feel like we should keep they lost their location look if you look at it top to bottom they're walking more uh, players are striking out less. They're giving up more, uh, like medium and hard contact hits. They're just getting the snot hit out of them <laughs> all over the ballpark. It's time for a culture change. It doesn't mean we have to get rid of Gibby. It doesn't mean we mm-hmm. have to get rid of every single coach. But there's clearly, clearly pitching is a problematic area, yeah. and a lot of the guys who were supposed to be the future on this team, like Stroman are struggling tremendously, and I think it's because they just don't have a competent coach who can guide them towards fixing the location problem that they have. True. Yeah, so, if, if I've got a wish list of guys that I want to see traded, I think it starts with uh, with Jaime Garcia. I mean, the guy, we might be able to get something from him, but I don't think we will. John Axford's on there for sure. Love that he's Canadian. 
he's been pitching super super well for us so far this season and and then obviously i think you said to clifford and o um i think o is more valuable out of those two guys just based on his pedigree as a as a hard fastball hitter clifford doesn't have the velocity anymore acceleration that <laughs> that o has so I, I i think he's more valuable uh and kind of one of those fringe guys who's being good this year i mean aaron loop we can we could trade him if if the price is right but again we do have a pretty good deal for him there as well so i, I i'm not eager to just say trade everybody at the expense of getting good deals but if, if it comes down to it in july and, and we're it looks like we're tracking to be close to 10 games under 500 that's out of the race like you're not coming back from 10 games under 500 in a wild card race at that point and you might be fourth or fifth in your division if the Orioles ever figure anything out, which they probably won't. But at the same time, it is true that we do need to trade probably three, four guys out of this bullpen and maybe starting rotation to get something that will help us when our kids come up next year. Your guys' blow-up plans are way too boring. See, you guys are talking, oh, we need to blow it up, we need to blow it up. Let's move three bullpen guys. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? No. <laughs> are you like, okay, here's the thing. Like, we do need a complete culture yeah, change. We need, a huge issue. we need an era change because this era of Blue Jay baseball is over. The Josh Donaldson era, the Edwin era, the Aaron Sanchez era, I think it's, it's all done. And what I think we should do is, Sanchez, you got to trade him. If the market is there for Jay Happ, you got to trade him. But only if you can get a lot in return for Jay Happ. I still think Jay Happ's our MVP. Yeah. Uh, move a bunch of bullpen guys. You move Josh. You move some other pieces. Because here's the thing: our cupboard is full. Our minor league system is pretty good, with the exception of pitching. Yeah. So I think what we do is we try to build what Cleveland did and what New York has, and we try to get a hell of a bullpen. Because now that Roberto Osuna is gone, we need bullpen help. And you look at teams like Cleveland, you look at teams like New York, you look at playoff baseball teams, they have four guys in their bullpen that could are shutdown guys. Cleveland's got Andrew Miller. That's exactly. all they need. So you need that one bullpen guy. I'd sell the far, I'd try to get as many solid bullpen guys as possible and start from the bullpen. It's kind of yeah. like in football where you build a good offensive line. It's not the sexy move. It's mm -hmm. not the move that fans want to see, yeah. but it is absolutely necessary to get a good line. And, and I we'll think that's what the Jays need to do. Too. I mean, yeah. we, we do have like Sean Reed Foley who's been promoted to AAA this mm -hmm. season and we have Nate Pearson who's I think is a good pitcher yeah. as well. I just so the, think there our, are some guys there, but not enough. Our like farm said. system yeah. is, especially on the bats, our farm system oh, is oh, it's stocked. It's so we don't need to we don't need to trade guys for like four unknown prospects and hope they get better. We already have our team for the next while. Our prospects are great, so we need that bullpen. So if we you, can have a solid bullpen and our prospects keep getting the better, like keep getting better and better, we're great. See, and I'm I'm kind of from the the aspect that bullpen arms are pretty easy to come by like you you can get a lot of mediocre bullpen guys but i'm talking like we need an andrew miller guy so you package like a package like an aaron sanchez and an aaron loop for a solid go-to top it, five bullpen guy it's tough to predict those bullpen guys though because andrew miller was at one point supposed to be a starting pitcher true and, and so was roberto asuna if we talk about him as well so i mean there's guys that like that who just have good stuff that end up converting that may not have started there i mean I, I still I still believe that you, you, you go out and you build a rotation. So a, a guy like Patrick brought up with Alex Reyes in, in uh, St. Louis, who has been rumored to be interested in Donaldson for like the last year and a half now since the trader yep. has come up. So, I mean, that might be a kind of guy where maybe you have to send a Sanchez and a Donaldson mm -hmm. to get Alex Reyes, and maybe you do it. I'd say so. You might have to yep. at, at this point yep. in the season. I mean, you, to get any value for Josh Donaldson, and if Aaron Sanchez can, can't figure it out, 
again like he did a couple of years ago, then let's get some value for him while the memories are still fresh. And let's move on. I just have a really good feeling about Alex Reyes, and I think I that the Jays should just throw whatever they have to minus our untouchables in the farm system at St. Louis to get Alex Reyes on this team. I Whatever agree. it takes. Yeah, so with, with, with that being said, I think we've covered all of the guys we wanted to talk about today. Uh, next time we'll cover all of the batters who have contributed or not contributed this so far this season on our roster. Uh, until then, from Justin, Clayton, and Patrick, we'll sign off from episode one of Bat Flips and Maple Dips.